All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and host, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. Team Builder wants to give you a free 30-day trial of their platform, which is pretty cool because if you're just a regular old nobody and you go on their website, you get a 14-day free trial. But if you go on and enter TTFP for Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast, you get 30-day free trial. Team Builder is a software for firefighter-specific tactical strength coaches around the world. It's used to prepare first responders and rescuers to meet the demands of the job. The Powerhouse platform provides coaches with an elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with users. The software allows coaches to individualize training and quickly track exertion of each user to make informed training decisions. Go to teambuilder.com, T-E-A-M-B-U-I-L-D-R.com, and sign up. Use the TTFP code for a free 30-day trial. Hyperice wants to give your department a free massage gun, the Hypervolt Go 2. They want to be in the fire service. So they reached out and they said, hey, advertise us on your podcast and uh, let's see how many people we can get free guns to. They want to do a free 60-day trial of the Hypervolt Go 2. That's their portable model. I have the Hypervolt Go 1, which I'll have to talk to them about. But uh, it's compact, it's powerful, and there's really no strings attached to this thing. It's not like a giveaway or an offer code or anything like that. If you reach out to me, uh, hit me on Instagram at fourth shift fitness, number four th shift fitness, or email me fourth shift fit at gmail.com. That's four th shift fit at gmail.com. Uh, I'm going to send you a link to schedule a phone call, five minute phone call with my rep over there at Hyperice. They just want to ask you some questions so they can better position themselves to get in the fire service. After that, they're going to send you a Hypervolt Go 2 to try out for 60 days, risk-free, no strings attached. You just get a gun for your department. I hope you take advantage of this. we got a deadline of December 31st for this, so reach out, don't hesitate, and get your free gun. All right, today is part two of the Joe Galley sit-down in the garage. We did a little workout and then had some coffee and had a chat. Part one was last week. We talked about a bunch of stuff for the first 25 minutes, and then we got into what he's doing now, which is a run for District 4 VP for the for the AFFI. Today, we're going to talk about more of that, what he views the uh, District VP role as, and also kind of some of his plans and examples how he's carried out his plans and his vision for the fire service. So I hope you guys dig it. Talk to you soon. Here's the episode. Here comes the intro. Skip forward 30 seconds if you want to get right to the episode. This is the Tailboard Talk Podcast, the best health, wellness, and lifestyle resource for the fire service. We're using stories, lessons, and tips from the front lines to give a realistic view of what the job can do to us and how we can make it out alive. I'm Chris Morella, a firefighter since 03, medic since 05, full-time since 08, and promoted to lieutenant in 20. I'm also a personal trainer and strength coach, and I'm here to give you the best information and host the best discussions to make us capable and durable both on the job and away from it. So grab a heater, steal some fancy creamer from First Shift, and let's go chat. Basically, think of the AFFI as three branches, I guess you could say. Okay. You have your education side, your uh, legislative side, and your service side. The DVP is strictly in the service side. Okay. So where the vice president of the AFFI works on um, education, uh, the president and the legislative reps work primarily in the legislative 
you know, improving the benefits at the state level, mm -hmm. getting us things like, uh, well, you know, working with the AFL-CIO to get the Workers' Rights Amendment, for right. example. Yeah. Um, the Substitutions Act, placebo benefits, all of these things that we have that, um, frankly, a lot of us take for granted. Um, Absolutely. I mean, uh, is because of what they do at the legislative area. Yeah. And then the service side is getting the resources to the individual locals. Because in the AFFI, we're, we're a different kind of, when you think of unions and trade unions, mm. you know, IBEW or, or laborers or carpenters um, or electricians, they work in such a regional area, right? So like um, they'll work on a contract for uh, laborers and it doesn't matter if you work in DeKalb or Elgin or you know, you're, you're working off of a contract that's regional. Okay. Um, we have local autonomy. We can make our own rules in Elgin that's different than South Elgin or right. Aurora and we can vote the way we want to vote and we can do the things we want to do. It's a double-edged sword, but right. um, the more you work together, the more successful you are. So Yeah. Well, and you brought up that, I mean, just on a micro sense, the sharing of that where we have our neighbor department who's going into negotiations and wants to talk about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that brings your, your slogan right back into play of like, yeah, it's, why, why wouldn't this become more of a web and not just individual kind of things hanging out there, you know? Yeah. Um, and, no, and I think universally we're recognizing too in the fire service that we're all more, more in the same uh, condition than we thought we were. It, we all got the same problems. We're, we're going through our cuts and other places, big or small, going through their cuts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we compare apples to apples? Because yeah. size difference aside, it's all the same stuff, you know? Yeah. And I could definitely see how, you know, us as a, a relatively larger department would get that mentality of like, well, we're big enough and we have enough resources and we have enough smart people here, we can figure it out. Um, and how a smaller department would be kind of at a disadvantage of that, you know, but at the same time, I, I could also see how a district VP would be not more interested, but extremely interested in the larger departments too, because I mean, how many times have we looked at uh, departments as a false comparable and be like, they're bigger than us and they got this. Why can't we have something like that? Right. And so we view the bigger departments than us as having more. So we have to try to match them. So why wouldn't when you, why wouldn't you want to put more? Why wouldn't you want to also allocate attention to the big departments so that it helps out the smaller ones? 100%. And, and you know, you brought up a great point um, that I have been witnessing real time. Some of our smaller departments. There we go. Okay, hold on. We're going to try to get through this for the third time here. So, ran out of battery. Came back, and we're going to finish that thought before we go on to um, kind of a, a call to action that you're going to educate me again on a call to action. But I just said, um, uh, why wouldn't you want to pay more attention to the big departments to help the small departments? So go keep that going. Yeah, no, it was, it's just basically like, um, some of, some of today's smaller locals, depending on their location could be tomorrow's larger locals, midsize or, or larger locals. Yeah. And nobody comes to mind more to me than Plainfield who's grown about, 10 times their size in the last decade because of their expansion, their land grabbing. And, you know, some of these smaller locals, you know, who knows, Pingree Grove, for example, is somebody that just organized a couple years ago and they're just our neighbor next door, but what's next to them? Corn, yeah. you know, yeah. you don't know when that's going to get leveled off. And then you have industry and houses that are being built and 
they could match our size someday. Who sure. knows? I, right. Well, even if they don't, even let's say they, and I don't know any numbers, let's say they have 30 people now, mm -hmm. right? And maybe just for arguments of saying smaller apartments, six full-timers, right? Mm. Even if they double that and yeah. they have 12 full-timers, that's an enormous jump for yeah. an apartment. It's not like just because they're not at 130 full-timers, they're not, not worth it, right? Yeah, doubling your membership from six to 12 is a big deal. Doubling your membership. It's You're doubling your department. Yeah, and you know we just organized Bristol Kendall, and if, if you're like me and didn't know what where's Bristol Kendall, um, it's Yorkville. Okay. Uh, it's uh, the Yorkville is the central city, right, or the town, and we organized them this summer, and which is another cool thing about that DVP side is getting to take a local that's not uh, take take a department that's not unionized yeah. and organize them, and. Uh, they're starting off a 25, 27 member local, um, which is big for somebody that's just getting started. Mm. Um, but they're going to be like Plainfield. When you look at what sure. they're surrounding, you know, they've been growing so fast already, and their district is bringing in plenty of money, plenty of money, so they're getting the things that they want. Um, but pretty soon they're going to have all this expansion outward, and then, like you said, if they go from 27 to 50. <laughs> yeah. That's a big deal. Monstrous. That's a big deal, right? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it's important. It's important for these locals to share that information. Yeah. One of the things that you asked me about, um, about like one of those aha moments or whatever, mm -hmm. when I go around to different places, um, is something I just recently started uh, telling people about. When I became union president, you, you know, you step into the role and you only do what you learned from people before you. Yeah. And you think like, okay, I guess I can take this. I've seen so-and-so do it. And I had plenty of experience in the local, um, in my other roles. But they just say, put your hand up, square it in, figure it out. Yeah. You know? And at the same time, I had this reputation of saying, don't, don't call the DVP. Mm. Handle it yourself. You know? So I'm on the phone a lot with our lawyer. I'm on the phone a lot with um, my VP at the time. And, and just always trying to get this done. But there was a sense of like an imposter syndrome, right? Like I feel like such a fraud. Like, why am I the guy here? Mm. Like I'm not ready for this. We were in some major, major battles back then. Yeah. And, uh, historically big fights for us. Right. And, uh, I was just thinking like, Oh my gosh, like this is too much to handle. And, um, I looked around and some of these other, uh, municipalities, uh, that were similar to ours, we're dealing with a lot of similar situations, staffing cuts. Peoria, for example, was dealing with the staffing cut. The placebo fight came later for them where it came first for us. Mm. But again, uh, everything was paralleling in these other places. So I worked with another DVP, Art Thompson from, uh, from district five. And, uh, we reached out to these other locals that all work in a municipality of a hundred thousand population or greater okay so that's your springfields peoria rockford us naperville joliet aurora i'm sure i'm missing a couple but um what do they call it? like the big seven or what they yeah. call it and um we met and we hosted it and basically it was like hey guys we're coming together because we see that we're all fighting the same fight but we're all doing it in our own little bubble yeah Let's communicate to each other and see how we're all handling these situations. Long story short, we get done. Chris Scroll is the president of Rockford. He says, uh, you know, our, our chiefs do this once a month. They meet like this. Our, uh, 
our city managers do this regularly. He goes, this is a big deal. And um, they said some really kind things that felt nice in the moment, you know, like this is, this was important to put together and we should do it some, do it again. So that gave me that validation that like, Hey, I'm not alone. Right. (laughs) Um, And it was that aha moment that I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like it just took somebody to say, Hey, is anybody else feeling this way? You know? And that was that big moment for me. That was my shift to say, yes, we're better when we communicate together. Yeah. And if a caucus of the largest locals in the state brings everybody together and gives them the tools and the confidence and the education that they need to move the ball forward, imagine what it feels like if you get Lyle with Lombard with, you know, like yeah, bring yeah. these other locals, Seville and New Lenox, places that maybe aren't talking as much as they should, or maybe they're right next door and they just aren't talking because they think like, uh, I don't want to reveal that I don't know what I'm doing. Sure. Isn't that just a classic firefighter yeah, thing? Like exactly. just hide it. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things where uh, all it takes is one person to be like, I'm going to raise my hand because yeah. everybody in the room is thinking the same thing, you know, yeah. like Con Ed, I got a question. Oh, dude, I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> not to go on a, a tangent, draw this thing out, but the meeting, the union meeting we had after we ditched jump companies, right? And the memo went out, the running order changed. We're going to have a meeting in a week, a union meeting in a week. Mm. We're run, we're done with jump companies. Here's how we're doing it now. And we implemented it and we're doing it right. At that meeting, and that's the first meeting I showed up to in, in years, right? I'm a, like I said, I'm a bad fireman and no, union member. Bad. We're sitting there, and I'm like, cool, we're going to talk about this because I have some questions about it. Um, and you got to the point of like, okay, so we went through this, this um, staffing reassignment. We got rid of jump companies. This is how we're running now. Does anybody have any questions? And everybody was just kind of like quiet, you know? And there must have been 50 people there. It was a mm. pretty substantial meeting, maybe more. And I turned to the person next to me, I'm like, did, I, did he send out something, like an information sheet on this? And they're like, I don't think so. I'm like, nobody has any questions about this? Yeah. <laughs> so I raised my hand, I'm like, I have a question. And we kind of got into a conversation about it. And um, I was like, how does nobody else have these questions? And afterwards, everybody had those questions. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't know if anybody just assumed that we would learn about it eventually, or it didn't matter, like it's happening anyways, who cares, or what the deal was. But it was a major thing that happened. And I was like, how can we all just sit here and not have a question about yeah. this? And afterwards, you were like, that's kind of how I expected it to go. Like, if you didn't ask a question, I, I wouldn't have been shocked. Mm-hmm. Because people are just going to rely on me to give it to them, which I will. Or they'll just go on not knowing. And they're just going to do their job anyway. So we're an extremely, um, for as high maintenance as we are, we're also very low maintenance. Right? Yeah. And I think that, that can that's aid fair. us in a lot of circumstances. Like, yeah, great. I'm on this today. Just let me put my boots on and go do my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It also hurts us in a lot of ways of like not thinking past, Hey, I'm on this thing. What are the implications of that? And what does that actually mean for our working conditions? Or what does that mean? We're all too willing to just do the job a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that, I mean, it's just building a case of pays to have people like you saying like, here's why we're doing it. You can continue to keep doing your job. I'll worry about the backside of it because if you don't care about it, I can't make you care about it and you shouldn't force yourself to care about it. Right. But if I can care about it and I have the resources, then I'll take care of the back half. You, you go play the game kind of thing. You know? Yeah, man, what a great point too. Cause th- that has been the lesson learned of a lifetime in doing the union work. 
so often you have, I'm a union member just like you are and just like everybody else is, right? I have, Joe Galley has his own personal opinions about stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> at my core, I'm still a firefighter at a right. coffee table going, you know what we need to yeah. do? <laughs> but, um, but as union president, I had to really suppress a lot of that because people take it as, oh, the locals president thinks that we need to do this, right? right? Or it, it, it gets reframed as, you know, maybe a priority yeah. to the local when it, it might just me be, it just might be my opinion venting, right? So I really had to suppress a lot of that. Um, but I do have my, my things that I, I care so deeply about that I wish other people cared as deeply about. <laughs> and I just had to learn. I'm like, you know what? If, if I'm the solo artist here, then that's it. I, yeah. If take our station tones, like to me, there is no greater crime being committed than our alerting system. Yeah. It's too loud. It's rough. It's nonstop. We've incorporated another municipality who stand alone. I like them, but I just don't need more talking. Sure. We talk probably 75% of the time on the radios and they're to their 25. I feel bad for them because they got to hear Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was at their local meeting last night. Yeah. And Dude. all I heard was engine three, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, I, always, I heard yeah. it there. And theirs was quiet, by the way. There wasn't, it wasn't obnoxious like ours. Okay. They were in a meeting room and you could talk like we're talking and it yeah. was normal, but they had their radios just on, you know, clicked on just so they could hear it. And yeah. Yeah. And, and I just came to realize like, it, there's people that are like, yeah, it sucks, but no. Nah. And yeah. that's, that's the level of what they think. Yeah. But to me, it's like, this is killing us, man. This is like, <laughs> yeah, this is a big deal. This goes all the way back to, you remember that, that time when, uh, we were at fives, I think. And, uh, I told you about that Redmond symposium in 07 when the surgeon from New York or wherever mm -hmm. he was from is like, uh, talking about every time the alarms go off, it causes that, uh, I talked about this with Matt Spade, right? You did. Yeah, you did. And, um, and I never texted you about it either. Right, right, right. <laughs> Until this episode came out. I was like, driving when, when that happened too. And uh, I, I was like, oh yeah, they're talking about it. And then, and then I got out of my car and forgot all about it. But um, I'll never forget because you were kind of like, oh, that's interesting or whatever. And I, it, But you were like still kind of like skeptical. Like, I wonder if, and then you did a, like a, like a, an actual test on yourself. Do you remember yeah. you, put, you wore a heart strap and then I think you were on engine five. So like a ambulance call would come in, they went out and you noticed your heart rate spiked mm -hmm. and then it just sat there for a long time. Yeah. And then you guys went on a call and you noticed that it started to go down when you started throwing your gear on. Yeah. You could time it out between the, um, cause it was, it had a time marker on it. So you could compare that to the time the call came in and it spiked when you opened your eyes and then, um, rose until you got to do something and then uh, had a dip when you were getting your stuff on, and then rose again as you were riding to the call, and then you compared the on-scene time to the heart rate monitor, it would spike again when you got out of the engine, and then have a little dip as you started running around doing stuff. Yeah. And then gradually build back up again. So it yeah. was like, it was very interesting. Yeah, I actually forgot, until you just said that, I forgot I, that, that I even did that, but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very interesting. Yeah, and it's just like one of those things that once, once I know about it, once it's knowledge that's in my head, um, that was awesome. Oh, he's not done. Hey, hey bud. Hey. 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 <laughs> no. One of these days, man, you gotta have a uh, you have a one-on-one -on -one with him. 
Oh, the Nathan Bod. Oh, God, dude. That'd be great. I do every day. I have several one on ones with him. They <laughs> <laughs> always end up in tears for one of us. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. All right. So, what we're going to talk about all that. I wonder if those microphones are picking up his screaming. Real quick, um, I'm not going to vote for you. Like, structurally, I'm not going to vote for you as, a, as the, the VP, right? You need the delegates from the district to go and vote for you at convention is how you get elected to be DVP, right? Yeah, that's the, um, that's the process that is laid out. So, like, um, Matt Olson's term ends June of 24. The Naperville convention of that year is when the delegates assemble at convention and vote on all the different directions that we're going to go for the next two years, do business. The very last day, officers get um, elected, and those delegates that are at convention go in to a ballot booth and cast their vote. Okay. Um, Matt's not going to write out the remainder of his term. He's going to be done in June of 23, so there'll be a special election. So this will allow more locals than just your traditional delegates that can afford to go to various conventions. Mm -hmm. um, this will allow more locals um, to attend and cast their votes. But not every local has the same number of delegates. So an El Elgin, for example, um, has six delegates uh, because of the number of members in their local. Mm -hmm. um, Aurora has six, Joliet has six, and so on, Naperville. Um, some of your smaller locals, uh, for example, like New Lenox or uh, North Aurora, they're going to have one, two. Carpentersville has two. Yeah. You know what I mean? So depending on the size of your local means you know, how many delegates you have yeah. to, to vote. So um, now in, in local district four, there's 60 locals. So you're, you're trying to meet with everybody because at the end of the day, it's important. This is why I hate the election side of it, the campaigning side of it, because you want to do the work of DVP um, and meet these locals and everything else. But because it's an election, you also have to try and get their votes and their endorsement. And there's a process where you don't want to make one local feel like they're less important. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. um, I went to I think Geneva was the very first place I went. Um, and Seville was like right in there too. Um, after Elgin, but, um, you know, there's some locals that like, Hey, how, how come you haven't come out yet? I'm like, I'm trying, <laughs> you know, <it's> like <laughs> yeah. so many locals have meetings on the same nights yeah. or, um, maybe on our night, you right. know, like I had to skip one of our, my first general meeting I missed, uh, in the entire time I've been in, uh, officer position yeah. in 16 years, I had to miss my very first general meeting. I came to it late, but yeah. I didn't chair it. And I was president, you know, and so it felt awkward to have to like put my priorities in different places. Yeah. And, um, but at the end of the day, I'm just grateful for, you know, going to s some of these locals and, you know, like the one last night, they're a neighbor and, um, I could have gone there so much sooner, but they understand, they understand I'm trying my hardest to make sure. it to everywhere yeah. and we still have time and, it does feel tremendously early to be out there doing this stuff. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like if you don't start now, there's so many, yeah, there's First so many all, and yeah. they fall in such yeah. regular occurrences. I mean, I don't, so many plays like we do. Ours is always on the third Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. Historically, It'll, we know the meeting for, uh, 
January of 2032 already. We yeah. know the date right? because it's always on that third Tuesday. Well, other locals do that same thing. So whether it's the second Thursday or first Friday, there's a lot of locals that mimic each other's, yeah. you know. So right now you need, so when's the, when's the convention? And it's in Naperville. So when is that going to be held? That's June of 24. Okay. Yeah. So it's early, right? But in the meantime, you need to get out to continue to keep getting out to departments yeah. and securing their endorsements and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So give your, so that's a call to action, right? If you want to, if you're in district four and you want to talk to Joe Galley and get more of a read on what he's talking about, what he wants to do, what he's interested in, how he can help you guys out as the DVP. Um, we're going to have him back on here for a few episodes, highlighting specific issues. Like we can talk about FLSA. We can talk about placebo. We can talk about stuff that you're going to be consulting locals with and educating locals with. So I think we're going to have you back on for those specific topics or mm-hmm. highlight some questions you get as you travel around. But having Joe out to your local is obviously the best way. It's obviously the best way to do it because you're going to be able to actually have him captive for, um, you know, 20 minutes after he drives two hours to get to your joint. You can yeah. talk for 20 <laughs> minutes and then drive two hours back and he's willing. So as much as I had to say it, take advantage because, uh, because he's making a push, man. So why don't you tell people how to get in touch with you so they can request your, your presence at their joint? Yeah, any number of ways. I mean, um, I don't know if you want to put it in your show notes or whatever, but... Um, I'll put it everywhere. I'll put know, it on the I'm on social here. media, Joe Galley for uh, DVP. Um, JoeGalley.439 is my Instagram. Most people seem to contact me through uh, email or social media. Um, a lot of local leaders that are requesting service usually go through Matt and then Matt directs them to me. So phone number, text or whatever. Um, I would any, only assume that Matt can't campaign for you though at this point. Matt, Matt's a pro. Um, <laughs> well, so <yeah. laughs> he, he's one of those guys that first and foremost, he asked me to help him out as an assistant DVP. And I said, yes. And I've been doing all these reps and it's been great. And so he's, he's really been, um, a great supporter of mine in this. Um, but he's not outwardly endorsing me or campaigning for me because at the end of the day, he's still, uh, serving my opponent, you know, as, as the DVP, um, he's got to, he's got to help out in that area too. And my opponent is also a a tremendously good guy, you know? Um, this is, this is a, a great race because it's not the typical race of politics where it's like, right. Pick your dirt ball. Right. You know? it, exactly. So. And, and I mean, if I lose to Scott, I won't, you know, be sore about it. Um, but at the end of the day, I do believe that I'm the better candidate. I mean, I wouldn't run if I didn't think that. Absolutely. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't say that with ego necessarily. I just, because of the work I've been doing and the reps I've been doing and the job of assistant DVP, I know that if Matt leaves, um, in a handful of months here, earlier a year earlier than he's supposed to leave um he can hand me that baton and i'll run that anchor leg right and you know the ship won't sink right. it, it's gonna it's gonna just stay smooth but on top of it i just i have this vision because i've been doing this um assistant job for long enough and all the the relationships i've had over the years um not just as president but as as a local leader I've seen some of the things that I think we can change to make better. I have a vision. I know that I'm not going to be able to like be sworn in on day one and be like, okay, we're changing this. We're changing that. 
it's going to take some time, you know, get your feet under you, get the rhythm, get the, you know, but after you establish relationships as an officer, yeah, that's when I know you'll make those changes. And, um, I think that we can make some, some really great improvements on the education side and the communication side in district four, which to me has been the biggest game changer as a local president. Yeah. The more I've communicated with other people, the better I've become. And the more things that I've gone to and educated, it's just reps, you know, I didn't learn what placebo was the very first time I went to a union (laughs) meeting. It was just background noise, placebo, placebo. And now I know the intricate details of it. FLSA, you know, most people are like, I I know I get a Kelly day, 28 day cycle. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But nobody really understands the ins and outs of it. Spend three weeks talking to an IFF lawyer about FLSA uh, because you're working on the issues within your own right. department. And it's eye-opening, you know. It's until it affects you, until you get those reps, you really just kind of put it off on the back burner and, yeah. and you set it up. But over time, you just you get to experience all these things. And then you get to understand, like, if it benefited me, I know it can benefit these other places. Yeah. And that's all I want to do. I just want to share it, you know. So... At the end of the day, um, you know, it's a good race. Scott's keeping me honest. Um, it's making me a better candidate, so I appreciate him for that. But um, hopefully I whoop him. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so long, long story short, yeah, all your contact stuff's going to be in the show notes. I'm going to tag you on social media and everything. But, yeah, if you fail to remember anything, uh, just reach out to Matt Olson. He can he can give you contact information. I mean, that's, he can actually be a conduit for contact information and Joe will take it and run with it. So dude, this is going to be a marathon session we have here. <laughs> well, we don't know how much we cut off already with the batteries. <laughs> not much, oh. not much. <laughs> not I'll, enough. I'll cut out more of our bike riding and combat <laughs> channel stuff. No, it, it might be a longer one, but I, I mean, this is valuable. It's valuable for everybody. Um, literally it, it, if you're in Illinois in district four or not, it's valuable the dead horse i'm a terrible fireman and union employee so learning just how there's five districts in illinois and how they're split up and who votes for this and what the structure is and the resources available helps me help just knowing that much helps me so at any level it's going to be beneficial to to yeah. listen to a longer episode i i will say if if um if i have a parting message is a i don't think you're a you're a, you're a bad fireman uh <laughs> maybe maybe you're guilty of what we're all guilty of at some point is just, you know, like you're focused on the things that your job requires you to be focused on. And then you have fourth shift to worry about and stuff like that. The best thing about, um, being an Illinois firefighter is I challenge anyone to find another state to be a firefighter in where you have it as good. Like Mm. what I mean by that is, you know, Kurt Hansen always talked about, the muscles that aren't sexy, right? Like the mobility exercises. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's those things in Illinois. It's the non-sexy stuff that people take for granted for sure. And I'm, I'm not saying like, I don't mean that in like a disparaging way. Like we all take things for granted for sure. Um, but we are so privileged in Illinois to have the AFFI in the sense that the benefits we have at the statewide level, uh, the state protections that we have, whether it's the uh, uh, placebo benefit, uh, Substitutions Act, I can go on and on. Workers' Rights Amendment was the, uh, I mean. <laughs> once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime, yeah. once in a lifetime. 
does are there states out there that have singular items that might be better than us? You know, like CalPERS in, in the state of right. California, their retirement CalPERS benefit. Is that better than ours? Probably. They have health insurance included in it, yeah. retiree health insurance and everything else, and their their rates a little higher. Okay, but they don't have some of those other things that I talked right. about, those, those on-the-job protections. Uh, PETA, you know, you get injured at work, and your pay actually goes up, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not advertising like, oh, go get hurt. Right. But, but the point is, though, is that PETA, before you go on work comp, for one, enti- one entire non-contiguous year, um, your, your paycheck is unaffected. The only difference is that it's also tax-free, so that's what I meant by it goes up yeah, a little right. bit. Um, so it's tax-free, but your paycheck is unaffected. Um, workers comp, as most people understand it, it's tax free also, but you're reduced to 66 and two thirds, right? So, um, and your benefits get frozen. So you have to elect back into your health insurance and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, and your, your union dues and everything else. So everything on the right side of your pay stub, you have to request to move back in. So your 66, uh, and two thirds paycheck gets affected a little bit. Um, but PETA is that, you know, you, you tweak your knee, back feels a little tight, and you have to go to PT for a month or two. Um, that first year of whatever injury you got, you're 100% protected, and that's a state benefit. That's, a, that's the state of Illinois saying, we respect your job so much that we're going to protect you. Yeah. Nobody has that, man. It's amazing. So I think that's especially valuable, knowing that you lived and grew up in California. And most people look at, yeah, but Illinois doesn't have an ocean. It's pretty flat. So it's like, yeah, the, the guy at the table would be like, yeah, but it's cold sometimes. Yeah. Did, I, did I tell you that I've now lived in Illinois longer than anywhere else? No. So now I'm in Illinois and I'm not a Californian anymore. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, I'll tell you, um, congratulations, dude, I, I, my, so my little brother's still, yeah. uh, with 2881 in Cal fire and, um, as a captain and, uh, you know, so I, I'm I'm privy to some of the things that they get. You know, I can yeah. talk to him and and find out some of the things that they get, and um, I, I I keep in contact with some of those Cal Fire guys too, or not Cal uh, California professional firefighters too, and um, and they do have good benefits. Yeah, but um, like I said, I, I wouldn't want to be a firefighter anywhere else. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, I really wouldn't. I mean, we just have it so well because of the relationships that have been built over time at the state level. And it's just so spectacular. So when you hear a firefighter at the table <laughs> <laughs> complaining about, I can't wait to get out of this state. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm happy to stay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I agree. So, I did, yeah. I'm not going I, to Tennessee anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, you still need like hospitals and stuff. Yeah. Your kids yeah. need school. Sorry, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> you also... Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The old Vince Rictanic saying, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get his voice as right. No. I mean, he's like, when, when I turn my faucet on, I want it to be clean. When I flush my toilet, I want it to go away. When I dial 911, I want somebody to show up. <laughs> and in Illinois, you get that. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, I, I think we have enough to make an outro. Um, yeah. 
Beauty man. We'll, we'll have you back soon. And we'll have, Thanks uh, for the workout, too. I'm going to feel that. You brought up a great idea. Uh, maybe next time I'll get wireless mics and we'll do like a Hot Ones. Dude, episode. I'm telling you, after that would that, be dope. After that split squat finish, That split like, squat would be one Tell me where... about placebo. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Even if you don't publish it, we got to try it. Yeah. That would have to be a video thing because I was thinking, too, after you said that yesterday, like... That'd be a great video to watch, right? Oh, yeah. But if you're just listening, you're like, tell me about people. Like, <laughs> those are not good sounds to have just on the uh, workout sounds void of video yeah. in a microphone or not uh, something that anybody wants to listen to. It yeah. just sounds like a rhino. <laughs> so, I'll tell you, man, that's something to try. We'll get the videographer out here for the next workout. Yeah. Then we'll do like uh, me, you, and Dave fell all together. We can... Yeah, just get nothing done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, all yeah. avoid the hard stuff. <laughs> well, some people will get a good laugh out of it. Oh, so, God, yeah. dude. All right, man. Thank you. All right, man.